0: Hey, think realty viewer and listener thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today uh, i'm eddie wilson the founder of think realty i know that typically Abby jumps in and does these but uh when we go live on location i like to interview our guests because it allows me to get to know them a little bit better and we've got some great guests for you today um, before we jump into our guests let me say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor this podcast is brought to you by house Folios: sourcing analysis transaction management rehab budget tracking, asset management, and disposition all-in-one software for single family real estate. Grow and manage your whole single family investment portfolio from one simple to use software. Visit housefolios, that's housefoliosplural.com to get started. Uh, Our guest today, Um, is Alex Baker and Alex is with the Coastal Equity Group. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us, appreciate it. So uh, Coastal Equity is uh, located in South Carolina. Correct. But then also lending all over the southeastern part of the country. Right, so we lend all the way from Ohio down to Florida, Alabama through the Carolinas. Very good. Do you primarily stay in fix and flip? Do you do some long term? Do you do new construction? What's kind of like your sweet spot?
1: So we do a little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, I would say that we do a majority of new construction and fix and flip. Okay. Uh, started off on fix and flip. I actually used to flip, uh, starting probably ten years ago. Okay. So I, I started off as a borrower, and then over time uh, built a fund, and then we got into lending from that from sure. that standpoint. But. Um, yeah, we, so we started fix and flip, bridge, new construction. Now we'll do uh, thirty-year rentals, uh, some multi. Okay. Just try to make sure we have different
0: programs for, for sure. all of our clients. So. Yeah, diversifying for what they need. Exactly. That's exactly. Great. Very good. So we. I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to give you the hard question. All okay. Right, we'll get the hard question out of the way. Let's. I'm, t- I'm joking. It's <laughs> not going to be that hard. Um, it's it is hard though in that it's unpredictable. The marketplace today is wild. The, Absolutely. We're in this like really strange marketplace we had almost a 12 year rise, which is unprecedented. Um, Now we have these weird uh, stats. So I'm gonna give you a couple stats and I want to hear your first opinion on them. We're six and a half million homes underbuilt in the US. And even though we just had an unprecedented rate rise, 0.75%, the demand on single family housing has not reduced. We're still at, still 6.5 million consumers still looking for a single family house to buy. So that's stat number one. Step number two is if rates rise again, 0.75, which they just raised, if they do it again in, in late July, early August, um, which it looks like that's likely, um, we still will not be at the same rate that we were in, during the Obama administration less than 12 years ago. Wow. So you have still the greatest amount of demand. We still have capital that in you know, relative terms isn't super expensive. Um, and even though the American population through inflation is um, spending more than $450 more because of inflation than they were, they've lost 450, or $450 essentially monthly due to inflation. They're all making on average $1,300 more per month than during the Obama administration. Interesting. So we've got these weird stats, right? Right. It, so is the current place that we're in, in our marketplace, more driven by consumer sentiment or you know like their their feelings or is this a logical recession we're moving into and where do you see this going that's
1: a good question and a, and a loaded question. So it is a little loaded, yeah. So that was the hard part. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, it's interesting because we see it on a variety of different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, on the On the lending side, we see it from our clients when they go to market with sure. their properties. We also see it from the rates because we're very um, in tune to, to what the Fed's doing, what inflation's mm-hmm. doing, uh, making sure that we have the right products and, and how do we cater those to, to our investors. Um, But I personally, especially in the Southeast, do not see any sort of a slowdown in demand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there might be a a period in where we see prices start to curtail a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I think until we're able to meet that demand, we're gonna be in a very interesting period. Sure. Um, and, and as rates rise, you, it possibly means that the person who was gonna buy the $800,000 house now you know, maybe looks at the $600,000 house, okay. the $500,000 house. But if you look during COVID uh, and, and actually track domestic migration, uh, most of that domestic migration occurred to the Southeast, mm-hmm. to Florida, sure. to South Carolina, Georgia. So I think it's very interesting to look at those markets, um, and and not necessarily there, them being tertiary markets, mm-hmm. but they are protected from from other states and and what you would see normally yeah. um, in a recessionary period.
0: Yeah. So I've I've read a lot about where we are economically, and most of the economic pundits and uh, economists out there believe that the the real gap that has been created is in home values, right? Like. We printed trillions of dollars right. and corollary you know, um, activity was home values went up. Right? And so most people believe that that's what's hyperinflated right now. However, if you look at migration, like you look at the U-Haul index, you look at like where people are moving across the country, there's an argument to be made that there are some areas that it's just the new value of the home because there's that much demand versus other areas where the prices just went up. You think of like the states, you have three major states that had um, loss in people, New York, Illinois, California. Absolutely. And yet their, their rates, their values went up, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we've moved from a macroeconomic look into these microeconomic looks and we should be more focused on kind of regional activity. Is that kind of, you're, you're thinking I, w- I would say so okay. I would say so I think you know there's definitely
1: macro factors that will come into play sure. uh, just like inflation and uh, interest rates but I think that because of this domestic migration and covid showing that a lot of people can work from home yeah. uh, people have decided for a different quality of life sure. uh, so if, if someone from California who spent $3 million on a home can get mm-hmm. the same in, in Charleston, South Carolina for 800, sure. uh, then, you know, sometimes maybe that is is justifiable. Sure. Uh, so I think in certain areas, we're going to see those microeconomics come much more into play. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I think it'll be challenging if when we do go into a recessionary period, mm-hmm. what uh, markets will be affected and how.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is it's we're in a really super interesting time, right? I mean, it's unprecedented. Um, Most of our Think Realty viewer and listeners are real estate investors, and so they're going to be more on the borrower side, right? You know, we have some lenders that are a part, but it's a it's a fractional percentage. And most of the questions they have today, the the borrower is, how do I put myself in the most advantageous place to get money, right? Because they intuitively know that a lender is going to tighten up uh, how they lend, where they lend, when they lend, why they lend, right? Like, and I'm sure that you're getting somewhat selective, right? You're not as broad as maybe you were, like most lenders. Right. You're narrowing down and going, I'm going to give the capital I have to the people that make the most sense, the deal that makes the most sense. How do they put themselves into the best position uh, to be you know, lender friendly, to be in position or in line as a borrower to get the capital?
1: You know, that's a, that's a, a very interesting question. If, if, if I were to think back between seven years ago, uh, when I had just gotten into to real estate, maybe 10 years ago to now, I would say that the capital in, especially investments, has become much more institutionalized. Mm-hmm. It used to be very sure. private lending based, and and now we've we've gone into a space where uh, big hedge funds have come into the space, especially mm-hmm. in the lending aspect, and and Wall Street too. Uh, so what we're seeing is that that demand uh, in that institutionalized market now is creating a lot of changes in how people are getting their capital Mm -hmm. um, and and leverage uh, inflation as well. Uh, So in terms of a a lender um, perspective for a borrower, what we're seeing is leverage rates are starting to go lower because Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the demand is. And it's really based, uh, especially on how the lender is... is, uh, how, how they're sourcing their capital, mm-hmm. for example. So, for example, for us, we're ran as a fund, so we have capital uh, in, in-house, sure. uh, and then there's times where we'll sell our notes on the, on the secondary market sure. so that we can recycle capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of lenders out there that are per se, let's say, brokers. Mm-hmm. So they are very in tune to, to what the market is doing, if they can sell the notes off, if these institutions are still buying. Uh, what we've seen, I would say in the last six to eight weeks too, is that there is a lack of liquidity for the time being mm-hmm. of, of capital just because of the volatility. So people are worried about the volatility with the Fed, uh, what's going to happen with the market, with the macro economics of, mm-hmm. of, of the, the country and uh, are, are playing on the safe side. Sure. So people that were able to borrow 90% uh, for a project, might be at that eighty to eighty-five, mm-hmm. and the factors that weren't as important uh, in terms of maybe you know experience. If you did one two, then then you were you know you were looked as a as a good borrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, now experience is coming to a to a big play mm-hmm. uh, because we're starting to see default rates go up. Sure. So.
0: Are you seeing default rates go up currently? I mean, you've seen an uptick already. We've,
1: we, in, in our portfolio, no, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. Um, we, try to, we try to work with some really really sure. uh, good borrowers, uh, but we have, we have seen that with, uh, with a lot of other uh, lenders on the market. Mm-hmm. So because of that, uh, actually a lot of that is um, in the new construction space too. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think a, a lot of people that were doing the fix and flips they wanted to diversify. They had trouble getting the traditional because there was so much demand. Mm-hmm. They moved into that new construction space. Sure. And uh, it's, it's just a whole different animal. It is a different animal. So yeah. they got into that space and, um, you know, it, it was it was just a different challenge for yeah. them. So
0: yeah, I, I found myself uh, aggregating that same way um, because I, I'm a single family guy, moved into multifamily, got close to 4,000 doors wow. and then went I can't find the same return in single or multi. And so I went into new construction. Um, For me, the direction I went was, I'm just going to go where I know the demand is greatest, and so I went to Cape Coral, Florida. Found Robert Knight, who's a part of Think Realty. Um, he's a builder; he builds a couple hundred a year. And I just found a way to partner with him because then I could kind of take the risk out of it, right? Instead of going into something that I don't do, right? Just partner with somebody that does exactly. and find the opportunity together. And so we've been crushing it in Southwest Florida. You know, like it's That's been great. amazing, and uh, creating a Burr model, but specific to new, like I'm literally building, putting a renter in there, you know, it's performing. And then I'm refinancing and actually taking capital out with no, you know, it's just, it's kind of a wild thing in Florida right now. I mean, there's so much demand and market growth. So to put themselves in an advantageous position to borrow, it really is like what you're saying, just to go back and, and recap, it's like making sure that the deal makes sense because if, if the ARVs or the lending requirements or the amount of, of lending that you're allo- you can give that's allowable um, has to still make sense for them, right? So like if the deal makes sense, if there's enough room in the deal, then that's advantageous. Uh, you said really it's that, that experience, right? Like experience is everything now it is um, whereas one or two it's like okay maybe i'll do it with this person right maybe they've done 10 or 15 and maybe they've been through a previous downturn and they've got a decent portfolio and they've got some collateral it's like that person kind of gets put at the front of the line right exactly yeah. yeah so
1: and and we're taking other factors into account so now we're looking at, at fico scores sure. too so yeah. we're you know we're looking to see an overall picture. Yeah, Definitely looking at the project as well. We actually just funded probably 40 to 50 uh, new constructions in Cape Coral too. Sure. So yeah. we're yeah. seeing, you it's know. It's a great market. It is mean, a great it's, market. It's really hard. I,
0: I, um, I have people, I have some short term rentals there that just, they, they're coming in and renting them for six months at a time at full asking rate for Airbnb wow. because they're looking for housing. And they're like, well, instead of moving twice and renting a house, I'm just gonna go to Airbnb that's already furnished. And you know, I'll ship my stuff down when I find find the house I want to buy. You know, so exactly. it's a pretty wild, robust market right now that we're we're really excited about. Um, so one more step, you know, I want to ask just one more question on what you just spoke about, which is, you know, the national FICO average is dropping, right? Mm-hmm. FICO scores. Um, usually, that's a credit utilization issue, right? Like people are experiencing inflation; they weren't right. budgeted correctly now their average bills are going up $450 more a month, exactly. more gas, more milk, or whatever it is. And um, so is there an allowance for that? Do you kind of like go, look, I, uh, we're watching FICO, but we also know that the average score is going from here to here, and so therefore there's kind of like a window, or you, is that kind of how you're looking at it? We do, we okay. do,
1: yeah. So I mean, we have a lot of flexibility. Sure. Um, what we have always done, especially when, um, we actually had shut down for COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made sure that our borrowers have been true to us. We were true to them, and sure. we kept funding their deals. Uh, it was it was interesting because we're starting to see, which I had hoped we wouldn't, um, what had happened two years ago, mm-hmm. start to happen now in terms of uh, capital in the market for you deals. So. But in that sense, we made sure that our, our borrowers who were uh, with us from inception, mm-hmm. that we were able to still fund their, their properties. That's great. So we do have flexibility in that sense, uh, which is great, but we're starting to see the requirements for FICO across the board go mm-hmm. up, yeah. experience go up, leverage yeah. go down. Uh, people are going to have to bring a lot more capital to their own projects, uh, right. equity skin in the game, yeah. in, in that sense. So. It's um, it's been interesting to see some of the newer people who would have maybe gotten to the market uh, six to, to twelve months ago maybe take a pause, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's kind of where we can come in look at their projects too, to to sure. see if uh, see if the numbers are good because yeah. when we fund something we want to make sure that they're going to make yeah. they're going to make money and make a good return, yeah. um, and hence kind of why we have our leverage requirements. So, and I, I want to
0: make a quick distinction for the the viewer the listener um, that. The the reason you know Alex when he when he referenced the fact that he has his own fund and they're these are discretionary you know kind of capital that he runs and he manages for his investors, it's different from the institutional market because you guys do have more discretionary um, opportunity. If, if we want to go to a true asset based lending model, it, it takes a discretionary fund where you can actually look at the deal and go you know this is a little on the fringe, but the deal makes so much sense. Maybe I'll, I'll get into that one. Right. And that's really important in this model, because I think that where these borrowers are going to get squeezed the most are when they're going through uh, lenders or brokers that are going more back towards institutional capital, right? right. And so they're going to have lenders, they're going to have lending requirements that they can not adjust, right? Like their buy box is their buy box, their lend exactly. box, is their lend box. Where having somebody like you, that's got a little bit more boots on the ground experience, has discretionary capital, it starts to make a lot, a lot more sense in this marketplace.
1: It does, and and sometimes it's just uh, intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the end of the day, if sure. it does deal look good? You know, do we have a good feeling about the borrower too? Mm-hmm. Checks all the boxes. Maybe there's there's you know there's a couple uh, mitigating factors, but I think at the sure. end of the day, you you know we, we look at it as an overall picture, yeah. and and we're able to. Um, you know, we we definitely try to make sure that we're protected as well. Um, we've we've never had to foreclose on a property at mm-hmm. all, but we always put you know a, a mortgage on there just sure. just in case. Um, but it's um, it's definitely a changing market. So mm-hmm. I think in the next six to twelve months, we'll uh, we'll see. You know what actually does happen, sure. uh, because I think there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. So. How do they get a hold of you if they're interested in, in working with you? Absolutely, yeah. So we have uh, our website's www.coastalequitygroup.com, uh, and all of our contacts are there. We have our, our Facebook, Coastal Equity Group, and uh, our Instagram, Coastal Equity Group too.
0: Very good. So they can kind of follow you on social and-, and They can. Give awesome.
1: us a call, give us an email, so- Very good. Absolutely. That's great.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you. I uh, appreciate you being a part of the Think Realty conference as well.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. Thank you so
0: much. It's provided a lot of great value for our, our listeners, so. This podcast is brought to you by House Folios sourcing, analysis, transaction management, rehab budget tracking, asset management, and disposition all-in-one software for single-family real estate. Grow and manage your whole single-family investment portfolio from one simple-to-use software. Visit housefolios, that's housefoliospluralcom plural, dot com to get started. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Realty Viewer and Listener for being a part of the podcast today. Um, If you haven't already joined us on social, get in the conversation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the uh, socials out there. Uh, Or go to the local Barnes & Noble, pick up our magazine on the the bookshelf, Um, or you can subscribe to it at thinkrealty.com. We really want to get feedback from you. We bring a lot of great guests on, uh, try to put a lot of information for you. We want to be your companion uh, through your investing journey. Uh, We want to make sure we're there with you, providing you great stats, information and access to great partners and deals. Um, So stay with us and uh, we will make sure we're here for you every step of the way. Uh, But I want to give you one last piece of advice. This is the time to find opportunity and make money. Um, In down cycles or flat cycles, this is where real estate investors shine. You need to have the mindset of an investor. The mindset of the investor runs in when everyone else is running out. They find opportunity when everyone else is scared. And uh, you need to make sure you cultivate that during this time. Don't be afraid, go after the opportunity, find it, execute on it. And you'll call me back in a couple of years once this cycle uh, has moved away from where we currently are and you'll thank me for doing just that. Uh, Warren Buffett just put $18 billion in capital on the sideline, he's not scared. He's going after the new opportunity that's gonna present itself. You should do the same. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I wish you the best and happy investing.